Blog Talk Radio. The following is a presentation of the Pro Wrestling Report TV and Radio. Informative, entertaining, and real since 1998. reaction it is once again monday night and now it's april 4th 14th boy <laughs> 1997 along with matthew thomas the man they call me dad matthew good evening sir april's just flying by isn't it yeah well i mean she did also when she did her uh, she does three and then she goes around for lap dances as well so <laughs> april showers flying by you fantastic how you doing matthew Oh, I'm, I'm doing doing quite dandy. I'm always dandy after an exciting two hours of nitro. Are you a dandy dapper? I, I am a da- I am a dandy dapper, and uh, I was trying to play off the D and, and something else, the alliteration there, but I didn't come up with anything. So we're going to leave it at dandy dapper tonight. Well, work on your salutations because we've been working on those. Folks, <laughs> it is time for WCW Monday Nitro Reaction, April 14th, 1997. Now we're coming off kind of – uh, the heels of a pretty solid Nitro. You know, the, the crowds that they're hitting week to week to week to week are absolutely hot on fire. Um, they seem to do a rotation where the, the big boys technically don't need to be on the show every week. We had Hogan, we had Bischoff, we had Macho, and everybody else, NWO in the ring, and we had what looked like the NWO coming apart at the seams last week, finishing off with Sting rappelling down from the rafters, throwing a badass EDP, and fending off the NWO. Well, tonight, we get the recap, and that's how the show starts off. And as Shivani and Zabisco start off the broadcast, here comes the NWO minus Hulk Hogan. NWO takes over the broadcast location or position or, you know, area, and basically says, we've heard talk that Luger is tired of waiting for his guaranteed title shot against the Godfather, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Well, Nash says, you got to go through me first. So there's your main event set up tonight. It's going to be Kevin Nash and Lex Luger. Are you expecting anything more than a three-minute match? Not really, no. No, that's, that seems to be the typical formula with most Nitro main events as of late. Okay. Show starts off with Chris Benoit defeating the Barbarian Horseman versus uh, – what are they called again? Because uh, the face of Dun- the fear. Dungeon of Doom? The Dungeon of Doom, Faces of Fear. The Faces of Fear yeah. are in the Dungeon of Doom, led by Jimmy Hart, it, the Mouth of the South. It's it's a it's a spinoff of the Dungeon of Doom. Right. It's like when Mork got his own show with Mindy after leaving Happy Days. Yeah. Or the the Jeffersons, you know, they were a spinoff of All in the Family, I believe. So it's kind of like uh, the uh, the Faces it of Fear are kind of like the Jeffersons. They're the Jeffersons of the uh, Dungeon of Doom. So let me get this right. Which one is George? Do you think it's Haku that, or is it Barbarian? Make, you know, I think I think uh, Barbarian would be the wheezy of the group. <laughs> we will move on up, move on up <laughs> to the east side, move on up. Uh, they're living in a deluxe apartment in the sky. Fish don't burn in the kitchen and beans don't burn on a grill. It took a whole lot of trying just to get up that hill. Yeah. 
You are indeed correct. <laughs> Benoit with the victory over Barbarian after the match. Here comes the Dungeon of Doom running down, and they all attack Benoit. Now, um, I got to ask again, uh, Kevin Sullivan, is that bathrobe intentional? Because it's nothing more <laughs> than a big fancy bathrobe. But uh, Jackie getting her shots in on Benoit as well. Um, finally, here comes Mongo. Here comes Jarrett. And they fend off the Dungeon of Doom. Mean Gene enters the ring to interview just Benoit. And that's it. Benoit tells Sullivan that the sun will soon set on your career, my friend, with that fake ponytail in the back. Thoughts on Benoit picking up the victory and the fact that uh, the Dungeon of Doom was literally there not to help him not lose the match, but to attack the yeah. second the pinfall happened. You know what? I don't mind the Dungeon of Doom looking strong. They came out last – was it last week or week before and attacked uh, – they attacked somebody. I can't remember who it was, but Dungeon of Doom, again, they, especially in this NWO era, they haven't been getting a lot of attention as a believable stable. You typically see them wrestle you know, singles matches, or you'll see Jimmy Hart come out with maybe two of them, but Dungeon of Doom, they really haven't done a lot to make them look like a viable, dangerous stable. So I, I don't mind it. it. It makes them look strong and Again, I tell you, these two feuds, uh, Benoit and Sullivan and then Mongo and this Mongo Jarrett thing, that WCW's playing this long – it's like going to be a three-year feud for both of these deals. Like they just keep going back to the well. Just when you think they're done, they go right back to it. So I, I like Sullivan Benoit much more than the other one I just mentioned because there's the, all the real life uh, – you, know, you can tell there's, there's some real stuff going on there, but yeah. I, I think it was an okay it was an okay opening segment. You know, you had the Dungeon of Doom looking strong there, so I, I didn't mind it. So that's our uh, second Godfather reference, um, and now we've got uh, United States Champion Dean Malenko defeating Hector Guerrero. Now that's two weeks in a row for uh, Eddie's brother, right, uh, Hector? Yep. In yep. Matches. This is the second week in a row. Mm-hmm. Do you think they, you know how, I don't know if you know how Hollywood or Hollyweird works. Um, uh, what actors a lot of times do is they sign um, network deals or studio deals. So when you see a guy show up on different shows over and over, it's because he's in the same studio on the same lot or he's, you know, signed with the network or whatever it is where they keep redeveloping stuff for him because he has a three-show mm-hmm. deal or whatever it is. Do you think they signed Hector for like a five-match deal? He <laughs> just comes in and works whatever promo you can. Uh, either that, either that, or a three-match deal. So it's a trilogy. Next week we'll get the final conclusion of uh, Hector's run. So you're saying that Di Malenko is obviously Hector Guerrero's father? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I spoiled it. Oh well. After the match, Eddie Guerrero comes down, and the reason we we haven't seen him is he's in a sling and uh, <clears throat> has to stare down with Malenko. Now Guerrero tells Malenko, don't you hurt my brother. Malenko, you will see a side of me you don't like. Hopefully that's not the side where his pants down and you get to see the Guerrero moon. Uh, the famous Guerrero moon is a, a move that they've had in the Guerrero family where they kind of moon people and they are pale as the Mexican sand. Um, here's something that bothers me. And this maybe this is a WWE, WWF, excuse me. I don't know where the E came from. WWF versus WCW thing. But... Um, we have a celebrity at ringside, a member of my world champion Green Bay Packers, Mr. Reginald White, Pastor White, Reggie White from the Green Bay Packers. Do you notice he wasn't sitting ringside? Yeah. Those are pretty when they give a celebrity seat, a seat, you know? 
shouldn't you put him closer where we can see him consistently, not on the ramp about five sections down? Especially when it's somebody as big as Reggie White. Right. And this isn't Reggie White's first wrestling interaction. Uh, which WrestleMania no. was it that he was in? WrestleMania? With, uh, LT and Bam oh, Bam. you got to go back to that classic with LT. And I believe this is before his WCW run. I believe Mongo was ringside as one of the Lumberjacks, if I'm not mistaken. He was. Yeah, this was, was a football. Ke- was Kevin Green, do you remember? I do. Uh, the, um, big, the big know, finish I, was obviously LT and Bam Bam, but... I know Ken Norton Jr. was there. I can't remember. Yes. I think Kevin Green. Man, this this might have been the, that might have been the entire catalyst. Also, I think it was Jan Stenerud. Jan Stenerud was in there kicking everybody mm-hmm. too. The former great Packer kicker, Jan Stenerud. Yep. <laughs> Craig Mortensen. Uh, about Gary Anderson? Uh, we can keep going on and on and on. <laughs> you just you just had a little bit of everybody in there, huh? That's right. Um, but my problem is that if he's going to be somebody's featured in the show, shouldn't he be closer? Shouldn't you be yeah, at yeah. least able to catch him on off shots? And um, shouldn't you dress him up a little better, make him look like Reggie White? I mean, I'm not saying he's with a helmet on. <laughs> yeah, the only way that looks is if you put him in the lower level and have him like start at the top of the lower level and have this big cinematic entrance where he walks down the, uh, the steps. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, let's talk that uh, he has signed a match. Apparently, um, he wants to wrestle Mongo at Slamburino. Mongo has not agreed yet, but Reggie White has signed a one-match deal so far with WCW, and he says he wants Steve Mongo McMichael. Um, Now, Packers versus Bears is a big deal around these parts, but they're both defensive guys. So it's not like they, you know, tussle for 60 minutes. You know, they're they're both on the same side of the ball, so they never really meet on the field unless they're, you know, on kick coverage. But they're too big a names to ever have been on kick coverage. So, eh, you know, I don't know. Uh, and they were in Philadelphia. Reggie White, for those that don't know, did start his career off in Philadelphia. So um, he left via free agency to Green Bay. I don't know if Philadelphia was the right city to have Reggie there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if it was something where he did really well with the team, won him a championship, and then you announce, hey, former Eagles great Reggie White is in the house. (sighs) Hey, remember Reggie White? He was good with us and then left to go somewhere else to – yeah, just poorly timed. I thought it was poorly timed. Third contest tonight, we had Rey uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. defeating Juventud Guerrera. Uh, Great luchador action. Unfortunately, again, kind of bad timing. I love the show tonight. Please don't take my tone the wrong way. But uh, bad timing because shouldn't you have Tanae down for this? I mean, you put Tanae in on the yeah. second hour. Shouldn't this either be a second-hour match or you bring in Tanae to talk a little luchador wrestling? Matthew, your thoughts on Rey Mysterio uh, Jr. defeating Juventud? No, I, I like it. I mean, these two have matched up before, and uh... – I thought it was a, a, a solid match. Um, you know, nothing. Again, it's just it's it's hard for me to a lot of times see what they do. We're just throwing this in the middle of the card. Again, it's not not a filler. It's a, it's a good match, but just give me give me something. Give me a little bit of a backstory. Um, WCW right now, they're just not doing a good job making you care about the mid card or people the caliber of these two. Again, another solid solid wrestling match, but. Give me a few. Give me something other than just the NWO feuding with WCW. I need something for the middle of the card. 
Well, we do have a couple other main event ones that are around that, but, I mean, you got a two-hour show, so you have to have more than just the two to three that don't involve the NWO. Uh, Ultimo Dragon, the television champ, defeats Lane Carlson. Not sure where Lane Carlson came from, but keep an eye on him. He looked, um, <laughs> it didn't look bad. Um, Ultimo Dragon uh, seems with an easy victory over Lane Carlson. Matthew, thoughts? Again, just uh, a squash match for what purpose? I mean, can't we – we saw him take the title last week. Can't we have uh, – you know, if nothing else, even if we don't have him in action, have Sonny Ono come out there and cut a promo. You don't always have to have these people wrestle every single week. Again, just, just kind of filler here. WCW Cruiserweight Champion 6 defeats Prince Ayakata, retain the title as well. Now, these are all – Title matches. I guess, you know what, it's better than having them all non-titles and then, oh, my God, this is a title match. Something's going to happen. If you're going to make them, you know, more than one a title match, make them all title matches. That way the uncertainty of, oh, my God, he could lose a belt in this match, make it there, you know. Yeah, but then again, I, that also makes it where you could have a non-title match where the guy gets pinfall, so next week he should have a title match. takes that little bit of uncertainty away. Uh, how many times would you have thought that we'd have six in a squash match? Where he's the victor. Uh, not a ton, to be honest with you. Mean Gene is in the ring for an interview, and it's not with six. It's with uh, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and Kevin Green. We had said on this very program last week, for the first time ever, I thought Kevin Green, Ric Flair, and Rowdy, Roddy Piper, were hilarious. This week, not really even yeah. close. Um, Piper was funny for a bit, but uh, Flair was serious. And uh, Flair talking about what he did in 73, 83, 93, and apparently what he's going to be doing in 2003. Matthew, your thoughts on what is coming up next for these guys? I don't really know. I'm starting to tire of it. I'm starting to also learn that I like Piper better in small doses. I don't know if he's somebody you necessarily have on there every single week. This week he seemed to just kind of go off the rails um, a little bit. He was – I think making some sexual preference reference about the NWO that went on and on. And it, it just, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like even told Gene to knock it off. He wasn't done yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he might be better in, in small doses here. So again, this didn't really do, this didn't really do a, uh, a ton for me here. Um, Kevin Green's not bad on the microphone. He was better this week, but I'm telling you, the stuff they did last week was actually hilarious. I really enjoyed it. Green, you know, uh, running into people and bumping into people and them taking shoulder bumps. And, you know, if you can get Ric Flair starting to throw his jacket around and, you know, dropping a knee on his jacket and dropping the elbow on his jacket, that's funny stuff. So um, definitely well worth the time. But uh, we'll see what happens with Kevin Green. Now, again, uh, they're looking to wrestle at – was it Slamboree's the next one, right? We just did Stampede, so Slamboree's was coming up. So Kevin Green, uh, lots of NFL action going on at the following pay-per-view. And I guess that makes sense because, you know, this is the dead season. This is where, you know, yeah. the NFL players are rested after February, Super Bowl, Pro Bowl's over. They don't really do – I mean, there there might be OTAs, um, but, you know, they really don't make contact again until June, July. So sure. this is the time. Public Enemy defeated High Voltage in the street fight. 
one more problem with this skin. Love the love the crowd. They obviously love Public Enemy from Philadelphia, PA. One problem with this. They said they were going to take it to the street. It was a street fight. How many times in this match, Matthew, do we see the street? By street, you mean the uh, the little area outside the ring. If that's what you mean, then, then yeah, they took it to the street. But but if that's I'm not what about, you mean, then they didn't take it to the street. Yeah, I'm talking about outside where there's traffic lights, crosswalks, pedestrians, and uh, traffic close by. How often did it go to the street? Uh, not not a ton. Not 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 even one time. I don't believe. Not even one time. So the rest of the match was just a hardcore match, which is fine. Uh, I love the uh, double decker table move that uh, High Voltage got put through. Your thoughts on this match? I mean, was it worth watching? Was it worth the three match build or the two match build it to was, get here? It was worth watching the audience eat it up. It was worth watching these guys get the biggest pop they've had in WCW. And I want to go back a little bit to the beginning of the show. Uh, this was a very well-paced show for that crowd. If you notice, the first match was Benoit, a former ECW guy. You had Mysterio out there a couple matches later. So they did a good job of, of putting people out there that had spent some time in uh, in ECW. So I will give give them credit for the pacing of the show. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, Big Al. Uh, apparently also did a little time in ECW. I believe that was 911 from ECW. Am I wrong? Mm. Uh, you are correct, I believe. Uh, well, he was in a match against the Giant, and uh, that match ended very quickly because the Giant wasn't having it. Let's even just move on. DDP defeats Conan. Um, I love the finish. And actually Kimberly coming out tonight, too. Kimberly looking just scrumptious. Um, the finish was nice. A little uh, threw him off the ropes. Float over, boom, DDP, you know, diamond cutter, DDP with the win. Uh, after the match, macho man, yeah, in a ring. Tell your woman to stop calling me and dreaming about the macho man, yeah. Dig it. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Heenan calling it out saying, what is he doing? He's injured. Why would you call it a man? You can't run away from him. Well, macho had enough of a head start, and he had the crowd on his side because the crowd was going to eat DDP alive. And then by that time, they're already in catering, having a bowl of soup before they go on to the next show. Your thoughts on DDP's victory over Conan and the interaction with the Macho Man, yeah. I think DDP's very possibly, how do I want to put this, based on fan reaction, he could be the biggest star in the company right now. When you look at He's one – He's definitely pro- number one I, face. Outside of – Sting, outside of Sting, Sting, when he does propel down from wherever he propelled down, propels down from, gets a pretty Propel. big reaction. But, yeah, but that guy might be the biggest face, might be the biggest star in the company right now. Well, it's because CDP's on every week. I'm calling him number one face, but uh, Sting is the, I guess you could call him special attraction face, and he does get a bigger pop. But when you put those two together, the house is going to melt. Um, Jeff Jarrett and Steve Mongo McMichael defeating Harlem Heat by DQ. This was a weird match, too, and um, you normally don't get Deborah McMichael getting any physical altercation. She is literally out there for looks, and uh, Sherry didn't know what to do with her. You know what I mean? It's, it's Sherry's a professional, and you're looking at Sherry going, what should I do with this woman? I just got to hold her back. I just got to hold It was sloppy, very, very sloppy. Matthew's thoughts? I bet I could know what to, I bet I could figure out what to do with her. <laughs> 
Uh, who? Sherry? Yeah, it wouldn't be sloppy if Sherry <laughs> go to work. Uh, Deborah Mongo Mc, or Deborah McMichael. Yeah, her middle name's Mongo. Deborah Mongo McMichael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your name is Mongo too, huh? <laughs> You've got an Illinois beauty pageant winner whose nickname is Mongo. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's it's it just the, that looks sloppy. It looked like again, Sherry didn't know what to do with her. Should he throw her down? Should she throw her down? Should she put a hold on her? Should she beat you know punch her a few times? It, it just looks sloppy to me. Yeah, yeah. No, it just it it seemed like something was off here. I mean, I give them credit for trying to go that route, but it just it didn't translate that well. After the match, the horsemen celebrate the win, and then Mean G interviews, you know, the horsemen. Mongo talks about Reggie White wanting to wrestle him. Now, Mongo, obviously, you know, the, the same thing we talked about before. says that Reggie White sold out and left Philly to go to Green Bay and get a Super Bowl and not in Philadelphia. Uh, White had to come all the way down the ramp because, again, he wasn't ringside. Then got in the ring. Then Mongo spits at him because apparently Mongo's a heel. And because he would never know with the matches that they work. Then after that, uh, Reggie White actually goes for the takedown. Wow, Reggie can get physical. You thought it was going to be one of those instances where, you know, he can't really have any physical contact until the actual match. Oh, no, he went right for it. Your thoughts on what we're going to see out of Reggie White versus Mongo McMichael? I think it's got some star power. I like it more than seeing, say, Kevin uh, Green mix it up with actual wrestlers. When I see this, I don't mind it that much because I hate to say it, but I still really don't consider Mongo an actual wrestler. So seeing two football players like this is more appealing to me than trying to, you know, throw Kevin Green in there with the horseman. Uh, Side shot of Ray Rhodes, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, um, upstairs, stuff in his face. Again, WCW. It was a hot show. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching. These things have to be paced and timed better. Why do I look at Ray Rhodes, who doesn't know he's on camera, feeding himself? Come on, man. And he's not even ringside. He's literally somewhere up in the upper deck. Could have been. I mean, it's a spectrum. So it's not like they had, you know, the, the, the brand new fancy luxury boxes all these people are getting. No, dude. He's somewhere up on the second row eating a pretzel. That was a good-looking pretzel, though. It was a great-looking pretzel. I was envious. Main event, it's Lex Luger and it's Kevin Nash. And Luger gets the win via disqualification because here comes the NWO. And the NWO will come out. One more small issue I have with this. Would you consider staying repelling, not propelling, repelling, down from the ceiling <laughs> to be a big television event? When, when done correctly. Same propelled down from the ceiling. It was never shown on TV. Uh, the reason I know that he repelled. Not, go ahead. That's that, that's not cool. No, the reason I know he repelled. If you watch the show, Sting is wearing the body harness. So why spend all the money to have you know somebody, uh, some trained individual, some union member, be there to help him? You know connect, get down, do the whole works, and not even show. It's it's like setting off a million-dollar, you know, fireworks display, and oops, the tape wasn't rolling, or we didn't have any film. Oops. Yeah, you got to wonder what they're thinking there. You really do. So, yeah, absolutely sloppy. But, again, you know, for the 
regular jabronis, the regular Matthews and Meatheads. It was fun to watch. I mean, it was a good show to watch. I actually yeah. enjoyed it. So, Matthew, that is what we call WCW Nitro Reaction. We've got more coming. Um, they're going to be building their way to uh, Slamboree. And, again, we've got a lot of big matches, a lot more interaction out of Sting. And Sting handing out baseball bats tonight at the end. Giants had a bat. Luger had a bat. DDP had a bat. Stinger had a bat. There's three people already backing up Sting now in the WCW. Is there a force building in WCW finally take on the NWO a year later? It depends on how many bats he's got. I think yes, but if he runs out of bats, then maybe not. Well, I mean, there's always the WCW softball team, so every guy's got his own piece of lumber or aluminum, if you will. Very, very true. You know what? I know he's over in the other company now, but I know somebody else that likes to play softball that would fit right in. Well, it would be pure justice if he could get back to WCW. For Matthew <laughs> Thomas, I'm the man they call me that. Thanks for stopping by. So long, everyone. <laughs>